The following broadcast is a live production of i3G Media. We welcome you to another edition of Super Sports Saturday here on KOVC, KDAK, and ESPN Jamestown. Here comes Devin Hoffman. His wrist in the goal. Devin Hoffman on a great pass from Tommy Falk. Jordan sets up, taking a deep ball shot to Williams, and he leaps up and makes the catch. Touchdown. Goes now. Here's Nelson for the steal. He's all alone. He's going for the slam. Seth Nelson, the steal, the slam. And Yackley swings and drives one to right center field. Back to the track, to the wall. It is gone. Each Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to 12.30, our host Paul McDonald breaks down the latest in North Dakota sports. We send it live to the host of Super Sports Saturday. Here's Paul McDonald. Greetings, 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 and welcome to another edition of Super Sports Saturday. I am the aforementioned host Paul McDonald. Welcome to this Saturday, final Saturday in October, and it is playoff season. We're going to be talking playoff football, high school football, uh, as far as the playoffs are concerned. Regular season wrapping up last night in uh, Class AA and Class AAA, nine-man and Class A. They will start their playoffs here today. Now, we're going to kick things off with a look at the scoreboard from last night. Again, it's just AA and AAA that were played last night. We'll start in Class AA. And finals from last night, it was Beulah over Watford City, 39 to nothing. And Hazen defeated Turtle Mountain, 40 to 8. And games played out west, Bismarck St. Mary's, they got the forfeit from Stanley. And in the east, Central Cass over Wapiton by final of 41 to nothing. And Hillsborough Central Valley, they blanked Valley City by final of 19 nothing. Kidred over Devil's Lake by a final of 21 to nothing. And in class, Triple A. It was Bismarck Century defeating Bismarck High 20 to 10. Legacy over Dickinson 29-19. Davies 17. Fargo Shanley 14. Fargo North defeated Grand Forks Red River 13 to nothing. It was Mandan over Jamestown 36 to 24. Jamestown led 17-6 at the half. We're going to hear from Coach Bill Nelson coming up in a moment. Minot over Williston 41 nothing. Cheyenne 42. Fargo South 14. And West Fargo defeated Grand Forks Central by final of 35 to 13. So the standing or the standings are done and the brackets are set for class AAA. And these games are going to be at the higher seed starting this upcoming Friday, November 1st. Bismarck Century, they are the top seed in the West and the top seed in the state as they are the number 1 team ranked. They will take on East number 4 Fargo South. Then uh, that'll be a 7.30 kickoff on Friday night. And Fargo-Davies, they're the number two seed out of the East. They will host Mandan, the number three seed out of the West. That is a 7 o'clock kickoff at Fargo-Davies. Then West Fargo, top seed, West Fargo-Cheyenne, top seed in the East. They will take on Minot High. They are the number four seed out of the West. That is a 7 o'clock Friday night kickoff. And number two out of the West, Bismarck High, will take on number three, West fargo and that is at 4.30 on Friday night. And that game will be Friday afternoon. That'll be at the Bismarck Community Bowl, as will that Century Fargo South game. Fargo Davies hosting and West Fargo Cheyenne hosting. So that is a look at Class AAA. And looking at AA, their brackets are now set. Beulah, the top team in the West, they will take on Devil's Lake. That game will be played in Beulah Saturday. No time set on that one. Number two seed out of the East, Valley City. They will host number three, Hazen, out of the West. That game will be played at Hannah Field in Valley City next Saturday at 2 o'clock. That'll be a 2 o'clock kickoff next Saturday afternoon. Hillsboro, the top team in the state in AA, and the top team out of the East. They will host number four seed Turtle Mountain Community High School, and it'll either be a one, two, or three o'clock kickoff in Hillsboro Central Valley. All depends on some other uh, schools, and of course, the location is where they can uh, play the game. And again, number two, West Bismarck St. Mary's. They will take on number three, Kindred, out of the East, and uh, that game will be on Saturday in Bismarck. So that is a look at Class AA and a look at Class AAA. As I mentioned, uh, Jamestown, they led 17-6 at the half last night and ended up uh, de- being defeated by Mandan, 36-24. After the game, Steve Lensmeyer, voice of the Blue Jays, had a chance to talk with the head coach, Bill Nelson. 
Jamestown falls tonight 36-24 in the season finale. We're joined now by the head coach of the Jays, Bill Nelson. And, uh, Coach, obviously a, a tough second half tonight, uh, but uh, let's let's go through your thoughts on this one first. got to get on the sidelines so I can quit walking up here, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> that already's got to get in better shape, one of the two. Um, first half, I mean, what, what more can you say? I mean, we played our tails off, and, you know, I think – we know we play pretty good at home. Um, not an effort thing. This is never an effort thing. It just they got some things going that second half, and we did, we just couldn't get a stop when we needed to get a stop, you know. And it's uh, it sucks. It really sucks because you know this is your last game. It's the last time with this group of kids. Um, it's a pretty emotional locker room in there right now. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time up here with you, but. Uh, Got to go give a bunch of thank yous and just, uh, you know, how much the seniors, as I told them that, you know, four years ago when they were freshmen, they've come. They've come a long, long way. So. Well, we'll get a chance to talk a little bit more yeah. about your seniors this week uh, when you come in and for our end of the season uh, uh, interview. But uh, obviously a big turning point in this game was first and goal at the one, up 14 nothing, and that you guys not able to get in the end zone kind of turned thought, the tide. You know, thought one. we did. Thought we got the ball reached over. We didn't go back and do it over again. I, I don't think we're going to change our play call. I mean, we, we just didn't get enough push. You know, we, we ran our jumbo stuff early on. We were getting good push. We just didn't get good enough push on that, that drive. And we can go back to what it could have should us, you know. And, yeah, I'm not going to go back and relive it. Just get played their tails off, and they did every – Everything we asked them to do. You know, I got some pretty nice compliments this last week that, you know, of compliments of our kids and the things that they do on the field and off the field. And like I told them that, that's a true measure of success right there. And that's a tremendous group of young men, and we're going to keep fighting, and we're going to keep battling, Steve, and we're going to keep getting better. Well, Jacob Hilgeman's likely going to lead the West in receiving yards this that's year. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Kept battling. Son, he grew up a lot, and uh, excited to have him back for another year. Yeah. It's a big chunk of those kids will be coming back next year, and there's uh, underclassmen got to see some stuff right now going on that they don't want to see. You know, you don't want your season to end that last game. You know, you want to be able to extend it, obviously, as long as you can. Well, one more question before I let you go. Uh, Evan Prescott was flying all over the field tonight. We yeah, talked a little bit fun, about huh? him on, on Thursday, and and uh, he showed up in a big way tonight. Yes, he did. Uh, it will be fun to look at the stat line. He was all over the place and starting to fit in and be comfortable, and, and hopefully uh, I, I think that uh, – and he got an opportunity to play, and it turned some lights on pretty big for him, and uh, we're expecting big things out of him, obviously, come next year. Coach, thanks for your time. We'll talk about the seniors this week. Thank you. That is Bill Nelson, head coach of the Jays. His team falls tonight 36-24. That is Steve Linsmeyer, voice of the Blue Jays, and that conversation with Coach Nelson after last night's 36-24 loss to Mandan, the season finale for Jamestown, and the Jays end the season 1-6 and six in the West Region 2-7, and seven on the year and that to move up to AAA here this season. It's eight minutes past 11 o'clock. You're listening to Super Sports Saturday. And now we're going to step into the playoffs that are going to be going on today in North Dakota as a Class A and Class 9 man. They get started with their playoffs today around the state. And the first round, higher seed, will be hosting and take a look at number one, Velva, they are the top seed. They will take on Kildeer today. These games are more than likely this afternoon, 2 o'clock this afternoon in Velva. Also in that top bracket in Class A, Shiloh Christian out of Bismarck. They will be hosting Galax Burlington, and that will be at Miller Field at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Bowman County, they are hosting Kenmere Bowbells Burke Central at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Bishop Ryan at Herb Parker Stadium, they will host New Salem at 1 o'clock kickoff. Langdon Edmore Munich, the number one team and the defending state champ. They will be hosting Northern Cass this afternoon at 1 o'clock up in Langdon. And number two seed in the uh, Oaks, and they will be uh, hosting rugby, and that will be a 2 o'clock kickoff, a game you'll be able to hear on KDDR and, of course, on NewsDakota.com. 
Lisbon. They will be hosting Grafton this afternoon. That is a 1 o'clock kickoff. And Harvey Wells County, they will take on the defending state champion, Thompson. Of course, Thompson was not state champs in nine-man last year and moved up to 11-man this season. And Thompson will be on the road at Dwayne Carlson Stadium. And that will be in Minot against Harvey Wells County. That is a 3.30 kickoff this afternoon in Minot. Well, as I mentioned, the Lisbon Broncos, great season that they have had, and they will be hosting Grafton here this afternoon. And Eric Johnson, the voice of the Broncos, chatted with head coach Joe Gerding this week ahead of today's game. Well, we're a few minutes away from playoff game number one for the Lisbon Broncos boys football team. we got the head coach, Joe Gerding, with us and kind of eked out that final uh, perfect uh, season game against Sargent uh, County uh, last week. Playoffs are finally here, brand new season. So how was the week going for you guys, and uh, what's what's the mood like? Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of excitement around town. You know, with the first time being in the playoffs since uh, we were in AA in 2013. Um, and there's just excitement all over town and, you know, the kids, the kids have had a great week of practice. They've been preparing well. We've been sharp, just kind of, you know, trying to get back to the basics and, you know, get to work on what got us here. Well, I do want to get back just real quick to uh, Saturday's game, kind of a, a thriller between uh, yourself and Sargent County. You did get the victory eight to six on the road, uh, but that was a really hard fought game and maybe a bit closer than some expected. When you look back at the film, was there anything uh, that you saw that uh, you didn't like, or was it just uh, Sargent County played really well defensively? Um, you know, overall, I got to give a lot of credit to Sargent County. They did a very good job. Um, but there, there were some things that we saw in the first half and, you know, which caused us to kind of miss some blocks up on the second level, which allowed their linebackers to have free run throughs and stuff. And we kind of changed that up at halftime. And we, I felt like we moved the ball fairly well in the second half. We just couldn't finish, which is something that we emphasize and have emphasized all year. So, you know, hopefully we can get that taken care of this week. Yeah. As far as the QRF rankings going into the uh, state tournament uh, the week before you guys were two, which would have meant pretty much home playoff games for you as long as you're alive in the playoffs, and we hope all the way to the end. But uh, you ended up slipping to number three, and I believe Langford area got that number two slot. Are you comfortable with that? Uh, was that something you were expecting? Yeah, you know, we with, with Langdon playing that uh, a playoff team, we kind of expected them to jump us and you know, the QRF, it really it really doesn't come into play for the first few rounds, so it's not something that we were really dwelling on and, you know, putting a lot of stake in. So, you know, we're just, we're just trying to take it each week, one week at a time. What does it mean for you to have that number three seed? You know, I think it's, uh, I think it's huge. You know, I, I, I know I just said that we don't put a lot of stake in it, but it's just, it just kind of shows how far this team has truly come and w- the work that these kids have put in to kind of turn this thing around and get the program back to where it should be, you know, and back to where it was back a while ago, so... You know, I'm pretty proud of the kids. Well, your opponent here this afternoon is the Grafton Spoilers. Their overall record, 5-4, and four, section record, 4-3. and three. They are the number four seed out of Region 2, so the last team to get into the playoff hump. This is a team that you obviously don't commonly play, so how much scouting have you been able to do on the Spoilers? Yeah, I mean, we've been able to watch all of their games throughout the, you know, the entire regular season. And, you know, Grafton is a team that... Uh, it's kind of going to be a mystery just because of, as I've watched their games throughout the season, they have changed a lot. They've gone from running a, a 4-3 defense to a 5-2 to now a 4-4. Offensively, at the beginning of the season, they were a lot of four wide receiver, five wide receiver sets trying to throw the ball around, and now they're running 21 personnel. So they've kind of really changed who they are as a team. Is there a team like Grafton in Region 1? A team like Grafton, you know, it's... It, like, like I mentioned, it, it depends on which Grafton team you're playing. Um, the Grafton team right now, with what they're doing defensively with the 4-4 and the 21 personnel, they want to run the football. And I guess another team that wants to run the football is us. So, I mean, the clock, the clock is going to be moving a lot uh, or moving quickly tomorrow and not a whole lot of stoppages because I don't think either team's really going to throw the ball very much. But uh, we do have a little bit of history with Grafton. When we were in double-A, we actually played Grafton every single year. Hmm. So they're not real familiar with us. It's been a few years, but we used to play them every single year. What are the field conditions like at Lisbon? I'm guessing pretty good because you guys are pretty much on high ground there. But I have to ask that question because some fields are a bit iffy with the rain and the moisture that's been out there. Yeah, a lot of schools uh, actually are moving their playoff games, but uh, we're going to be fine here. It's been dry. You know, we got a little bit of rain on Monday, but it's been dry all week and we've stayed off of it all week. And it's, it's getting a little thin in the middle. 
where, you know, we always play between the hashes. But, I mean, it's going to be in good shape. Injury-wise, you guys doing okay? Yeah, we're back to full strength. All right, that is Coach Joe Gerding from the Lisbon Broncos with Eric Johnson. And uh, that, too, you can, uh, that is on uh, KQLX. You can hear that game on Thunder Country uh, and also on, or on uh, Thunder Country and KQLX and right here on NewsDakota.com. Lisbon, as they will take on Grafton out of Region 2, the number four team out of Region 2. And that is a 1 o'clock kickoff, 1 o'clock kickoff today from Lisbon. That's a look at the 11-man Class A Brackets getting started today. Now nine-man football. They, too, are getting started here today. And uh, the first up, top seed, the overall top seed, Cavalier, number one in the state. They will be hosting Lamore Litchell Marion or playing Lamore Litchell Marion. Lamore Litchell Marion out of Region 1, the number four team out of Region 1. And actually talking with some of the folks up at Hillsborough last night, the uh, high school league actually went up to Cavalier to take a look at field conditions. Cavalier, of course, you may have seen pictures and have heard a lot of water up in the Cavalier area. And uh, they moved that game. That game now will be played at Cushman Field in Grand Forks. So number one uh, seed Cavalier will not be hosting. They will be playing against the uh, Lamar Lichamarin. That'll be at Cushman Field in Grand Forks at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Also in the opening round of nine-man, Region 1, number 2, Mayport Clifford-Galesburg will play Region 2, number 3, St. John High School. That game will be played at Mayville State at 7 o'clock tonight. Also, Linton High School, they will be hosting. They're the number 4 overall seed, host uh, Linton HMB, hosting Surrey. They are the number 4 team out of Region 3. That's a 2 o'clock kickoff this afternoon in Linton. And Underwood, they will be uh, actually a Central McLean Cougars. They are hosting Beach in Underwood today. Two o'clock kickoff. Central McLean, the number two seed out of Region 3. And Beach, number three seed out of Region 4. And uh, Finley, Sharon, Hope, Page, number two overall seed. They will be hosting number four seed out of Region 2, North Prairie. And that game will be played in Hope at two o'clock this afternoon. Also, New Rockford, Cheyenne, the Rockets. They are number two out of Region 2, taking on the number three out of Region 1, Tri-State Tigers. That game is at 1.30 this afternoon, and that will be played in Castleton. That'll be the Theraldson Sports Complex in Castleton this afternoon. That is a 1.30 kickoff for New Rockford, Cheyenne, and Tri-State. And you can hear that game on the Cardinal, KDAK, 1600 AM, 1.1 FM, and on dakota.com And that'll be today, 1.30 with the kickoff. And the pregame around 115, 1.10, 1.15 for the pregame today, New Rockford, Cheyenne, and Tri-State. Also, it is Ray Powers Lake, number three overall seed, taking on Grant County Flasher. They are out of Region 4, number four seed. That'll be played at Powers Lake, 2 o'clock this afternoon. And the final uh, matchup in nine-man Kidder County in uh, Steel, the number two seed out of Region 4. They will take on Mohall Lansford Sherwood, the number three team out of Region 3. And that'll be a 2 o'clock kickoff this afternoon in Steel at Kidder County. So that is a look at the brackets. Again, nine-man and Class A 11-man getting started here today. And AAA and AA will be getting going next week. And, of course, the four championship games all in one day on Friday, November 15th, as they meet at the Dakota Bowl. And that'll be in Fargo at the Fargo Dome. And, again, that's all four championship games will be played on the 15th of November. Well, that's going to wrap up the uh, football segment of today's uh, Super Sports Saturday as the high school segment. We'll take a break. Coming back, we're going to talk high school volleyball. They are getting down towards the end of the regular season. We'll do that when we come back. More Super Sports Saturday after this. The biggest adventures start with the biggest dreams, and you can make them come true with the 2019 Honda Pioneer 1000. It's a Sports A 999cc engine, a six-speed automatic dual-clutch transmission, and an impressive 2,000-pound towing capacity, which means you can do it all, hunting, fishing, trail riding, and more. Just head to Gun and Reel Sports on First Street West Jamestown and check out the Honda Pioneer 1000 today. For your safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet and eye protection, always wear your seatbelts and keep the side nets and doors closed. Pioneers are for drivers 16 years and older. 
Count on your independently locally owned HealthMart Pharmacy to play a key role in keeping you and your pets healthy all year long. HealthMart Pharmacists are a trusted healthcare resource. Carrington Drug is now offering two-dose pet medications for calming, agility, joint care, skin and coat, medications, or to boost your pet's immune systems. Check out Trudose. For all the details, stop in and talk to your HealthMart Pharmacist. Remember, HealthMart Pharmacists have a personal commitment to their community. Carrington Drug, 415 Main Street. Or call 652-2521. HealthMart, caring for you and about you. Gradberg Electric believes in quality first, taking pride in the work and standing behind every project they do. They bring together the power, technology, and experience to keep your business online. The success of Gradberg Electric depends on three major ideals, the quality of their products, the commitment to their customers, and most of all, their customer service. Call Gradberg Electric today at 845-3010 or visit them online at gradbergelectric.com. back with you here on Super Sports Saturday. Hope you're having yourself a good Saturday. It got a little cloudy there. Sun was shining for the most part here this morning, but right now we have cloudy skies. And just a reminder, coming up here on our three stations on KDAK, Carrington again on the Cardinal. They will have New Rockford Cheyenne take on Tri-State in the nine-man playoffs. That is a 1.30 kickoff, 1.10 pregame coming up this afternoon from Castleton. Again, that game will be played in Castleton at Theraldson's uh, Field and Theraldson Athletic Complex in Castleton today on that artificial turf. That's a 1.30 kickoff this afternoon. University of Jamestown, they are home at Ernie Gates, or pardon me, at uh, Raleigh Greenhome, and that will be today at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock kickoff against Midland, pregame at 12.30 on ESPN. And uh, Valley City State, uh, they will take on Dickinson State this afternoon in a key matchup in the NSAA standings as the Vikings uh, trail the Blue Hawks by one game. And coming into the last three weeks of the regular season, that is a 3 o'clock kickoff this afternoon and the pregame at 2.30 on AM 1490 KOVC and NewsDakota.com. That's what's coming up on our stations here today. Now to volleyball. And again, getting down to the, uh, well, about the last couple of weeks of the regular season for volleyball and taking a look at your standings heading into this weekend. Fargo Davies still unblemished in the East, 17-0 and in the EDC and pretty much wrapped up that top seed. And then it gets uh, muddled there from two through six. West Fargo Cheyenne at 13-3. and Fargo Shanley 11-5. Grand Forks Wood River 11-6. West Fargo, 10-6, and six, and Valley City at 10-7. and seven. Then you have Fargo South at 7-9, and nine, North High at 5-11, Devils Lake at 4-12, and 12, Grand Fork Central 1-14, and, and Wapaton at 0-16. And, and taking a look at what's going on this week on Monday, Fargo North will take on Oak Grove on the road in a non-conference. And then big two nights, uh, Tuesday night, it's the uh, two for Tuesday, if you will. As all five matches on Tuesday are worth two points in the standings. So a very key night on Tuesday. Shanley will be at Grand Fork Central. Wapaton will be at uh, Fargo North. And uh, Fargo South will be at West Fargo Cheyenne. And then Grand Forks Red River. They have right now 11 points, so one up on West Fargo High School. And they will be at West Fargo High School taking on the Packers and Valley City. They are right now with those 10 points, just three points out of second place, one point out of third, and they are tied with West Fargo High. They have a big two-point match against Devils Lake coming up here on Tuesday. Then on Thursday, South at Shanley, Red River at Davies, Central at Wapaton, Cheyenne at Devils Lake, and West Fargo at Fargo North. And uh, that's what's coming up here this week in high school volleyball in the East region. Again, uh, the uh, play-in game will be coming up here the 12th of uh, November, and the EDC tournament is the 15th. So we are just a couple of weeks away from the postseason. And out west, Bismarck Century, uh, the defending uh, state champs, they are right now on top at 14-1 and in the conference with 15 conference points. Then Bismarck High and Mandan, 
at 14 points, our second and third. Jamestown at number four. And then Bismarck St. Mary's is five. Dickinson, Watford City, Minot, Legacy, and Williston and Turtle Mountain Community High School rounding out the standings in the West. And going on today, Watford City is in Jamestown taking on the Blue Jays. That's going to get started at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Dickinson is at Turtle Mountain, and Williston is on the road at Legacy. And some uh, there was some one match last night, a couple of matches in the West last night. Dickinson defeated Minot in straight sets, 25-20, 25-19, 25-21. Jamestown, straight set winners over Williston, 25-15, 25-7, 25-18, and Mandan over Watford City in straight sets, 25-15, 25-19, and 25-16. Then on Monday, Minot will be at Turtle Mountain. Tuesday, Watford City at Century, St. Mary's at Jamestown, and a two-point match, Legacy at Minot, and Mandan on the road at Dickinson. That's what's coming up this week in the West Region for volleyball. Now into a Class B, and take a look what's going on in the Class B standings heading into this week, especially in Region 3. Of course, Region 3, a lot of folks point to Region 3 as being one of the toughest regions in the state in volleyball. Oaks, the defending region champs right now at 6-1 in the district, 10-2 and in the region, 30-3 and overall. Right behind them, the Carrington Cardinals. They are 5-1 and in the district, 8-1 and in the region, 24-2-1 overall. Then Lamore Litchell Marion at 4-1 in the district and in the region. And uh, they are 12-3 overall. Mid-Coda at 3-2 and two, and then 1-4 in region play. Barnes County North at 2-4 and 1-4 and and in the region, 7-9 overall. Edgley Cullum Montpelier at 1-4 in the district and a winless set in the region. And Ellendale still looking for that first win both in district and and region play. Well, earlier this week, Carrington got a victory over Napoleon, uh, Napoleon Gackle Streeter in uh, a Region 3 matchup. And after the match, uh, Greg Renz chatted with the head coach of the Carrington Cardinals, Dale Peasley. And right now we're glad to be joined by head coach Dale Peasley of the Carrington Cardinals in his sixth season. Uh, thanks, coach, for joining us here. And um, I think, you know, a nice win tonight, obviously. Bella Hone uh, in that second set. Her 1,000th kill tonight for Carrington, so that's pretty special tonight. Yeah, it's a fun. Obviously, we talk about a player accomplishment. In volleyball, it is a team accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bella is a good hitter, very creative. Uh, but it's hard to get 1,000. you got to play at least three years or have a humongous number as a junior senior year. And she's played three years. For her to especially start off with 300-plus kills her sophomore year is pretty big. And then continue that through, and she's well over 300 now. To get a thousand, only being the third player, she did not know that. She knew her numbers because it's easy to find that out on, on our Max Prep site. But to get that, and I thought the team early was just kind of waiting for it instead of just playing. And then once you know we kind of got going, we felt a little better about how we were playing. But it's a great accomplishment for her. Yeah, yeah, nice job. Congrats to Bella. Um, yeah, nice win here tonight, Region Three. Uh, you get a win over Napoleon Gackle Streeter. That first set kind of closed, but then uh, I think the rest of the match just kind of went Carrington's way. I think. So. Yeah. Well, I don't like calling the timeout at 14-13 in the first set, but I just think we're really playing with energy and enthusiasm. We're just kind of going through the motions, and it was kind of keeping us flat. We're making a lot of errors. And after that, then we kind of went on a nice run and finished it up pretty solid. I think it was 14-13 with 125-15, so 11-2 run. You shouldn't have an 11-2 run. You shouldn't be up by one. It Just play better. Then second, third set was better. The energy was better. But, yeah, we need to keep going, and we got work to do. Districts and regions coming out. Um, Hannah Hoggle, I had her down for 13 kills tonight. I think she had eight in that set three. So yeah, she, she had, had a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She had four or five in a row, I think. Yeah. I'm keeping track. Like, she's got, like, seven or eight in the set. So, yeah, 13, <laughs> nice night for her. Yeah. What I liked about it, and, uh, her a lot of times calling in for a quick, she's rolling around, just doing a real nice job approaching the ball, hitting high. She's a fairly you know, tall girl as well. Good point of contact, angling her hits. It's very nice. Good game for her. You know, the pages, Tessa and Lexus, I think Tessa had four, age, uh, four aces, and uh, Lexus had like three, so about seven or eight in between yeah. for between the two of them. So. Everybody <laughs> does so much on this team. It's yeah. not like one person does a lot. I mean, does a lot. Obviously, our setter has to do a lot, but everybody has their role, and if everybody does their role, we're a pretty nice team to watch and tough to play against. The aces are part of it, the blocks, the digs, the hits, the kills, the assists, all of that. And I'm really pleased with a lot of the effort. Yeah, those those girls do a nice job 
I think uh, was it three in a row? I think Lexi had three in a row. Yep. And Tessa's kind of our ace machine too. I call her. She does a nice job with that. Okay. Wow. One more game left on Monday. It's Senior yep. Parents Night against Medina Pinger Buchanan. And then, uh, so that's the last game here in Carrington. And then, uh, yeah, district tournament starts in Carrington next week, Thursday. Loving uh, it, Carrington. Yep. We put so many miles on, and we've talked about this. A couple of years, we figured out we put 1,500 miles in a bus between districts and region. Well, so it's nice to be home yeah. for districts. <laughs> and they travel, travels yeah. a long way to regions, Linton. It's a trip. Yeah. But still, save three nights. I'm looking forward, looking forward to hearing and energy and our home fans. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, seedings still kind of up in the air, right, for that right now? or Yeah, if if BCN would upset Lamore, it would change things. But unless that happens, even though it's a three-way tie for first, we end up third with the tiebreaker rules. And that's okay. I don't mind playing an extra game at home. Sometimes that buy is not what you want to do anyway, trying to practice when you want to be watching the games. So this okay. Whatever happens, we're fine. You just got to win out. You got to keep winning. And, and we're in a pretty good spot right now. So Oaks would be, if, if Lamore wins tonight, Oaks would be one, Lamore two, Carrington three. Correct. And then uh, four would be Midcota then? Yes, Is that I believe that's okay. right. Okay, yeah. all right, sounds good. We have so, a meeting tomorrow, so we discuss all that, but I think that's okay. right. Okay, so it'll yeah. be announced officially tomorrow then? Correct. Okay, all right, good deal. Well, thanks so much, Coach Peasley, uh, for joining us here, and uh, good luck on Monday, and then, of course, the District 5 tournament next week. Yep, so, thank you. Thanks yep. for covering us. Appreciate yep. it. You bet, not a problem. Right. Thank you. That is Greg Grenz uh, with uh, head coach uh, Dale Peasley. And uh, per uh, that g conversation, again, the uh, Lamore Latramarian did defeat uh, Barnes County North uh, in straight sets on uh, Tuesday night, uh, three sets to nothing. So they did come up with the uh, straight set victory in that one. And uh, the District 5 seedings uh, coming out here. And again, as you heard uh, there, the District 5 tournament and a very good District 5 will be played in Carrington. And uh, taking a look at the way the uh, seedings uh, come up here for District 5. And the first match will have number four seed Midcota taking on fifth seed Barnes County North. And that'll be at 430. Then at 545, number two seed Lamore Litchell Marion. They will take on seven seed Ellendale. Then at 7 o'clock, number 3 seed Carrington will take on 6 seed Edgley Cullum Montpelier. And uh, that is a look at the uh, top three. Uh, those are three matches that are going to be going on with the number one seed, of course, being the Oaks Tornadoes getting that number one seed. And those matches at District 5 Tournament and the entire District 5 Tournament coverage can be heard on Thunder Country 90.3 and, of course, on NewsDakota.com. And that will in the entire tournament. It'll be District 5 in Carrington. So the Cardinals uh, getting ready to host what is always a very good district tournament. Again, Oaks, they are the top seed. They will take on the winner of Mid-Dakota and Barnes County North. And those games will be played on Friday the 1st. The tournament starts on Thursday on Halloween night. And then on Friday the 1st will be the second round of the district tournament. Lamore, Litchell, Marion, and Ellendale, the winner of that match, will play the winner of Carrington, Edgley, Cullum, Montpelier on Friday night. And the tournament then will wrap up the following week on Monday, November 4th. So, uh, of course, then the Region 3 tournament is going to be held in Linton this year, November 11th, 12th, and 14th for the Region 3 tournament oaks the defending region three champions and of course finished runners up last year that is a look at our volleyball segment here on super sports saturday and while volleyball and football are just kind of getting started with their postseason the cross country season is wrapping up today as uh, they got started with the uh, boys for class a started running at 11 o'clock this morning the state tournament the state meet going on right now in minot at Sirs Valley Golf Course. And at 11 o'clock, the boys started running. And coming up here at 11.45, the Class A girls will go. And then at 2 o'clock this afternoon, the Class B boys. And at 2.45, the Class B girls. So, again, the Class A boys getting started here. at uh, They got started already, and they're probably close to finishing, if not have finished, already here in the opening of uh, running and then the girls go at 11:45. of course megan ford from jamestown they uh kind of i think 
beginning to call the Class A girls cross-country meet the Megan Ford Invitational. But Megan, of course, uh, will be uh, probably the favorite to win another state championship in cross-country. In Valley City, the Highliners, they sent 20 runners to the state tournament, uh, to the state meet, 10 boys and 10 girls. And I had a chance to talk with Deb Bilkey, the head coach from the Valley City Highliner cross-country team and Two of her captains, a couple of seniors, Sophia Bow and Dakota Terran, also joined us here earlier this week. Coach, is it hard to believe, first off, that it's already this time for the state meet? The season's gone pretty fast, and now you're running the state meet. Yeah, it's gone pretty fast. Um, the only trouble is we haven't raced a whole lot in October because of the weather, but it seems like it's just been a couple of days ago when we started. Well, now here on Saturday, we'll talk about uh, the state meet. It's at, uh, in Minot. You ran on this course here not too long ago. Did that help some of your runners to kind of get acclimated, especially the young ones? And we'll talk to them, too, in a minute. But did that? It was that a kind of a thought process of why you wanted to get into that meet? Yeah, we usually like to at least run the state course one time. That takes one less thing off the, the runner's mind. It's a big meet, so we don't want to have to worry about what the course is going to be like. Um, they should be pretty comfortable with it, other than I'm hoping it's a little drier than the last time we were up there. I think when we talked before, it was a mud. It was kind of muddy and and not real great conditions. Right. Um, there was a lot of water on the course and stuff, but hopefully, with the last couple of days of wind and stuff, it is taking care of that. Well, let's talk about the runners that are going. And if some people know, I'll just give a little background. Is it's uh, in state North Dakota and state cross country. You don't really qualify. You're allowed to take up to ten runners, and uh, you're going to be taking ten boys and ten girls. So let's talk about the runners that are going to be uh, going to the state meet. Okay, at the start of the season, we set a, a time bar that the runners have to um, match, and then they qualify for state for Highliner cross country. Uh, we set that just to make sure that quality runners are actually attending the, the meet. We have uh, 10 girls going this year. We have three seniors, Sophia Bow, Presley Curtis, and Lexi Trebold, and for Sophia and Presley, this is their fifth state they've run in, and it's Lexi's fourth. And then we have two juniors, Avery Murray and Olivia Slider. Um, they've also run several state meets before. Freshman Carly Govan, Sydney Ingstead, and Stephanie Hoffarth. And then eighth grader Reagan Berg and seventh grader Greta Govan. So uh, you feel comfortable then with this quality? You said you had a kind of a basis or kind of a... a uh, a time to set. So you feel uh, pretty good about these 10 runners and, and what they could achieve when they uh, go on Saturday? Yeah, it's it's they've met that criteria already, and it always seems like when we come to the EDC and state, they step it up yet another notch. Um, they're ready to compete. They, um, they've had a good re- week of rest practice, I should say. Mm-hmm. We don't uh, really pound a lot of miles in, but they, they should be fresh and ready to go by Saturday. You tapered off a little bit this week. Oh, absolutely. How about on the boys' side? What's... On the boys' side, again, we're taking 10 there. We have three seniors again, Adam Putton, James Burke, and Dakota Terran. And Adam and Dakota have run several times at state. Um, James is new to the state of North Dakota, so he's learning as we go along. And then we have Judy, juniors, Buddy Shear, Owen Ploggins, Luke Ploggins, and Keegan Couture. Um, and again, all of those have run at a state meet before. Sophomore, Hale Burnson, this will be his first state meet that he is running in. Eighth grader, uh, Corbin Galvanoff. And seventh grader, Trevor Fetch. And you, I think you had mentioned last time we talked that this is... Uh the first year you're taking 10 boys normally it's like five or six but you have 10 that met the criteria this year yes we've um had some younger ones and along with james coming from out of state um he transferred in here as a as a senior he filled in a spot really nicely um and we also have a seventh grader that has come through at the end there to fill those spots Final thought uh, for you, Coach, uh, just as far as uh, the state meet uh, and just the season in general, since the season is wrapping up on Saturday, uh, you'd have to say a pretty successful season all the way around for Highlander cross country. Oh, yeah. the Everybody has run very well. Um, it's always nice when I actually ask them to do something and they look at me like I'm crazy, but they do it anyway. Um, 
I don't know if they complain behind my back, but I never really hear that. So, And for them to actually go out, especially at EDC and run in pure mud, and I never really heard a word out of it. Some of them said it was actually kind of fun when they were all done, but um, they work hard. It's, it's fun to see that in athletes. Any thoughts as far as uh, how you feel uh, as a team-wise they could do this weekend? Or do you have any expectations or not? Um, I normally don't. Um, I like to see how they're going to end up because I know every one of these athletes will give it all they have, and whatever they have on that given day is the best that they can do. All right. Well, we're going to talk to a couple of those athletes now. We've got a captain from uh, the boys and the girls, and uh, who, who's, who's going to go first? Dakota's going to go first. Right. What, not ladies first? Age before beauty. Age before. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Too, though, so. I like that. I'm not going to say anything more. But uh, <laughs> Dakota Terrett is joining us uh, from the boys' uh, side of things, uh, joining us. And uh, Dakota Sr., uh, last chance uh, here running. And before we get to uh, that thought, just what kind of a runner would you, how would you describe? Are you a middle runner? You got a good start, a, a good finishing kick. How would you describe yourself? Um, I usually like to start out kind of in the middle and work my way up from there and try to get faster as I go along. Uh, that seems it's a lot more fun to be able to pass people rather than be passed towards the end of the race. So, do you look for teammates and maybe run as a pack to begin with, or do you have anybody that kind of to help you set a pace? Um, yeah, I usually sort of we jump from teammate to teammate um, as we as we move up and then it sort of kind of we get further apart as we go you ran in uh, in mine out here not too long ago when the, you ran in this so what kind of a course is this a course that you would like uh, well, no. um i would like it if it was dry uh i think it is a nice course it's just there was a solid three inches of water on the ground for a lot of the course so that was difficult any uh do you have a number in your head as far as what you would like to do personally and, and finish uh do you want to get a pr and anything in your mind as far as a number um my pr right now is 1950 so it'd be awesome to be able to break that um i've gotten pretty close i was about 15 seconds off so hopefully i can do that so a good finishing kick to take those 15 seconds off yeah and then uh, again uh, your last as we were talking about last meet uh, as a uh, as a running as a highliner and just your thoughts over the last, what, four years that you've been running cross-country uh, for uh, for Valley City? Well, I mean, it's been absolutely amazing. I wouldn't keep coming back if it wasn't a whole lot of fun. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I definitely joined for the, for the competition, and I pushed myself to be my best at every meet, but what really kept me there was the sort of uh, family aspect of the team. I've just never been a part of a group of people that large that really we all felt that close. So... Well, sounds, uh, and of course, knowing Coach Bilkey, she cultivates, her and Coach Bacalar help cultivate that kind of yes, an atmosphere. Definitely, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, to Dakota, and good luck here on Saturday. Thank you. Now we've got uh, one of the captains from the girls' side, Sophia Bow. This is the beauty part of the uh, Age oh. Before Beauty. Okay. So, hey, Calm you down. brought it up, not me. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Sophia, we'll start with you two, and uh, uh, same same type questions. Uh, how would first? How would you describe yourself as a runner? Um, I would probably describe myself more as a middle runner. I know where I am with uh, the group of people that we have on our team, so I kind of look for them and pace myself accordingly. Do you look for a pack too? Do you kind of have a, people help set the pace? Uh, I'm not much of a pack runner. I really prefer to run by myself. I find that I get a little bit more motivated if I'm by myself. So. They help your concentration too. Yes, very much so. And now we we were talking about how muddy it was uh, in Miami or in Miami. Yeah, it's <laughs> muddy in Miami all the time. In Minot, see, I I don't know what I'm doing. In Minot, uh, the last time, did you like that or, or do you like the dry conditions? Um, I prefer dry. It was a little difficult. About a hundred meters in, I actually got caught in a dog pile of girls because it was so muddy and slippery. So I went down and I had to figure out my way to get back up, keep going. Almost like running a steeple. Chase, uh, oh, yeah. For people that know what steeplechases are, you got to jump over water in, in steeplechases. Six year uh, running yes. for the Highliners. Uh, is it hard to believe this is it? It is. Um, and, you know, honestly, I try not to think about my years past so much just because, I mean, it, you do get a little bit sad about it. You get a little bit nostalgic. Um, very fun. It's 
I mean, it's it's the only sport that I have stuck with. I wasn't as interested in basketball or track. This is my one sport. And kind of like Dakota said, I wouldn't keep coming back if it wasn't as much fun as it is. I know that I think I've talked to Coach Belke about this before. Runners, especially cross-country runners, I'm looking at you, Dakota. You can kind of, you don't have to answer, but you can listen to her. You guys are a different breed with a mindset because you really got to be a disciplined individual, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, no, I mean... Some other sports would say that cross-country doesn't seem that hard or it seems like it would be easy, but it's it's a mental aspect and it's also a physical aspect because you have to learn how to push yourself because just practicing isn't going to make you get faster. And uh, same question for you, last question. Do you have a number in mind of how you want to uh, finish here on Saturday? Not necessarily. It's been a little while since I've gotten to PR. I mean, as you get older, you aren't as fast as you used to be, especially those little seventh graders. I'm really rooting for them. But um, I'm just there to do my best. It's my last year. I want to have some fun with it, but I'm going to push myself at the same time. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys coming in, and good luck to you on Saturday. And uh, and Deb, I'll, I'll last question for you, Sophia. Thank you very much, and good luck to you. And Deb, last question for you, and and uh, just talking to these two uh, quality kids, and that kind of brings you back as a coach because you know what kind of kids you're going to have running for you each and every year, the kind of student athletes that you have. So these are good kids. Oh yeah, we got a excellent group of kids all the way from our seniors down to our seventh graders. Um, and I think it's the, the leadership that our seniors provide that the younger kids know that they certain things won't be tolerated. And so they provide that great leadership that I don't have to do a whole lot of work. All right. Well, Deb, I appreciate you guys coming in and good luck here on Saturday. And uh, let's uh, get a lot of uh, now. Oh, was a question I was going to do uh, as far as all state. Do they have to finish in uh, a certain number to get an all state? Yeah. To become all state, you have to finish in the top 20. Same as EDC. If you got in the top 20, yep, you got all conference. So. Twice as many kids now because we have the West now included with the East. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Deb, again, I would appreciate you coming in, and uh, good luck to you and the uh, runners this weekend. Thank you. That is Deb Bilkey, the head cross-country coach from the Valley City Highliners, along with Sophia Bow and Dakota Terran, a couple of captains and seniors for the Highliners. And again, they just uh, wrapped up the, the boys. The girls just getting started right now. No results in quite yet, but we'll have those results for you later on. Again, at the state cross-country meets going on at Sirs Valley Golf Course in Minot today. And the uh, Class A girls now just getting started. The Class A boys just finished up. The Class B boys will go at 2 o'clock this afternoon. And the Class B girls will go at 2.45 this afternoon in Minot. It is time now for our final segment here on Super Sports Saturday. And, of course, we always wrap up our show with the outdoors and nick simonson uh, our new uh, outdoor host with a program called our outdoors and also you can check out uh, his our website at newsdakota.com some great articles from uh, nick on the outdoors and here is today's edition of our outdoors with host nick simonson Welcome one and all to the Our Outdoors program. I'm your host, Nick Simonson. It is great to be back with you on this Saturday. There are a lot of great hunting options for this weekend and weekends in the future if you are looking at that hunting calendar. And one certain set of properties is opening a lot of eyes to upland hunters and other hunters uh, to take advantage of, and that is the expansion of hunting on national wildlife refuges in conjunction with waterfowl production areas, especially for upland folks like myself, those out after grouse or pheasants. There are a lot of great opportunities in the grasses which surround these typically larger wetland areas that are scattered throughout the upper Midwest and a lot of them throughout North Dakota's prairie pothole region. Take advantage of these areas by switching over to a steel load. Using a steel or a non-toxic load will help you get on these properties where that is a requirement. And these are sneaky good places because a lot of people don't want to take the time to invest in a steel load, don't want to deal with the hassle of switching the shells in and out of their vests or their guns. But as waterfowlers know, having that steel shell in tow is going to get them on that property. Uplanders should play that same card as well. So take advantage of these opportunities throughout North Dakota, particularly as the late season progresses. And remember that you can hunt deer. You can use lead bullets on many of these waterfowl production areas so that you can go out and take advantage of all that North Dakota has to offer. But if you are an uplander, switch over to that steel. There are a lot of great options out there. And we are going to be talking with John Zinnel from Federal Premium 
ammunition. As he goes through the shifting mentality of hunters towards steel, the effectiveness of the steel products out in the field, and the developments that we are seeing in the market today that are being driven by these increased opportunities, not only on these refuges that open later in the season, but also these WPAs that abound in our area. We'll do that right after the break. Hey listeners, this is Casey Glant with Go Promo, the region's number one promotional vendor for your school. If your school, team, or fans need custom apparel with embroidery and screen printing services and you need them on time, just Go Promo. Need an easy way for everyone to place their order? Just Go Promo. Go Promo creates custom online stores just for your school or team and kicks back 10% of sales to you as a fundraiser. Visit justgopromo.com or call 877-99-PROMO to learn more. Go Promo. Consider it branded. This is Tara from RM Stout. RM Stout is your premier Ford, Lincoln, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram dealership, and we're proud to have served you and your family for the last 77 years. Whether you're in the market for your very first vehicle or are ready to work with us again, we truly appreciate every opportunity to earn your business. See us at the junction of I-94 and Highway 281 South. Call us at 252-2270 or see us online at stoutcars.com. RM Stout for the best value since 1941. Bremer Bank is always looking for ways to make managing your finances easier. With a dedicated staff and local decision-making, we're able to provide you with the responsiveness that you deserve. And with Bremer's online banking, bill pay, and mobile banking, you're able to bank when and where it's convenient for you. Contact Bremer Bank today to start banking with ease. Bremer Bank, member FDIC. Bremer Bank, located in the heart of Carrington. Check out the daily specials at Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, your locally owned pharmacy. Every Monday is Memory Mondays. 20% off scrapbookings and picture frames. Tuesday is buy one, get one single greeting cards. Wednesday is Whimsical Wednesday, 20% off home decor. Thursday is Toy Thursday, 20% off all toys. Friday is Fabric Friday, 20% off all crafts. Saturday, take 10% off any essential oils. Your trusted healthcare resources, Central Avenue Health Mart Pharmacy, downtown Valley City, Health Mart, caring for you and about you. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today we have with us John Zinnel. He is the manager for conservation programs and youth shooting sports programs with Federal Premium Ammunition. Here today talking non-toxic steel shot and its employment out there on the hunting scene. John, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. It's good to have you on the program, and obviously uh, steel shot being required for waterfowl, but a lot of uplanders are turning to steel shot to take advantage of late season hunting on national wildlife refuges, as well as waterfowl production areas. What are you seeing in terms of trends uh, relating to the use of steel shot or non-toxic shot by uplanders? It's hard to, to track all the full trends just because there's so much diversity out there with chasing upland species, whether you're, you're pheasants in the upper Midwest or you get down into some quail country, and, and also then including into a lot of it um, into the dove hunting world with some of the state-managed properties that are managed specifically for doves um, needing to have a non-toxic option for several of those that, that added some restrictions um, on the on the use of of uh, certified non-toxic load. And so, you know, we have seen um, some of those areas and, and specifically in some of the um, upland areas where you, you mentioned on you know, going on some of those later season hunts on refuges that are opened up and also um, on WPAs uh, having to, to use that non-toxic option. And so, uh, so we've seen some of that going and also just the education of where you know, back in the day, I would, you know, a lot of those hunters would, would kind of hang up their vests and clean their shotguns and throw them away and not uh, not go out and chase some of those later season roosters that they now have the opportunity to go and do that. And so with that comes um, the need for a high quality um, steel shot or, or another blended mixed product um, for usage. And so we do, um, we build lead ammunition, we build steel ammunition, we're also um, in the tungsten world. And so we, uh, we have a lot of different, uh, different options available, um, including um, a new product, which is our Federal Upland Steel, which is a really great um, product and an opportunity for us to get into 
get into the market uh, with a lower cost option on a steel load that is going to be great for for chasing upland birds. So we have a couple different shot options available there, but it gets you at a better price point um, to open the door for some of those hunters wanting to chase the late season birds. Excellent, John. Obviously, expanding options out there. And I think a lot of uplanders might balk at the idea of steel or a non-toxic blend versus lead. Let's talk about the effectiveness and what has changed perhaps over the last 10 or 20 years. How effective are these new non-toxic loads versus the traditional lead? Um, a lot of it does come down to what, you know, what, uh, what you're shooting, right? Are you going to be shooting... Uh, what gauge of shotguns, 12, 20, 28, 16, whatever you're going to be using, but also having the right combination of choke tube to fit the load um, is going to be able to help pattern and, and be able to, to carry your patterns a lot better as far as, you know, steel versus versus lead, obviously lead being softer, more denser material than steel. So some of the some of the cons that you run into with steel shot, just because of, of its weight and density, you're pushing a lot faster, right? So you're going to have higher recoil and those types of things uh, when you're working on the, the non-toxic side. But um, with some of the technology now that, that's around and that's changed, so, uh, you know, my preferred load and a lot of folks when I, I was just having this conversation yesterday with a, a couple guys from Pheasants Forever, um, our Prairie Storm Steel option is, you know, in my opinion, hands down the best um non-toxic load for chasing roosters and it's it's uh it's got a uh, flight control wad so that helps to maintain and keep your patterns um and carry your carry your payload out um and it's a 50 50 blend so it's 50 percent standard steel shot and then a 50 percent flight stopper shot that has um, a flight stopper ring around the outside if anybody's seen our prairie storm um, boxes and that is you know by far hands down my favorite non-tox load to to go out and chase pheasants with and and it's just because of that technology that's come around um, to provide great patterns great knockdown power um, and a great load but you are going to get a little higher recoil with any sort of steel load that you shoot comparatively and i think a lot of folks uh, particularly uplanders are familiar with that diagram on the back of the box of prairie storm have you done comparison tests between the two, the, the lead versus the steel, and are they similar in terms of knockdown, kill, or lost birds? It's always a, it's a challenge, right? So, I mean, we can, we can do testing internally, and we can shoot into gels, and we can go through that whole process of velocities and all of that. Um, but when it really comes down to, to bird hunting, um, there's just so many variables that are out there, whether it's, it's the, in the field and in the, in, you know, whether there's weather, there's wind, the way the birds are flying, the distances. And so it's a challenge to really truly throw research at, you know, what your knockdown power is at a flushing pheasant at 40 yards with lead versus steel, just because there's so many other variables that are there. Um, but what I can tell you is with, with a good high quality, um, you know, non-toxic round, you're still going to be able to knock down pheasants. So we absolutely don't want to, to deter or to, to scare any pheasant hunters away from chasing birds on WPAs and, and on some of those late season refuges that are opened up because there's technology and there's products that's there um, to give you the ability to ethically harvest a, a pheasant um, on those types of properties. And, and there's a lot of folks that have shot you know, lead ammunition for years and years, and whether they're into like a game shock load or a, a normal lead load, or even into our prairie storm lead, they're they're great loads and great knockdown power. But some of these new non-toxic loads are going to be able to to suffice and be able to really um, maintain you know great patterns um, on some of those hunts for them. Sure, and I think in in the end, a lot of it comes down to uh, the skill of the shooter, or as I like to call it in my case, user error. Correct? Yeah, you know that that's true. And so, I, I mean, I travel around the country quite a bit and do a lot of different things with with youth shooting sports programs, but also in the hunting and mentored hunting thing. And and uh, I don't know how many times I'll go to a shooting competition, a shotgun competition, and I'll talk about you know, patterning your shotgun and patterning your choke tubes and your loads. And I would say, you know, more and more as there's more, you know, high school and collegiate leagues that are starting and more conservation organizations that are really getting into on the wing programs, 
um, you're getting to see more and more folks that are actually taking the time to pattern their shotguns and understand where they're going, similar to what a turkey hunter would do when they're dialing in their turkey guns for their spring season. Excellent point on the patterning. John, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. That's some great advice there from John. As we wrap up the program, put that front of mind. Pattern those shells out. Pattern those non-toxic loads out because they are going to shoot differently than your standard lead options. Take advantage of that opportunity. Invest in some of even those lower price-pointed loads, and you will find more success when you're able to get out there on near virgin territory, areas that are not hit as hard as, say, plots or WMAs because of that steel requirement. So figure out your pattern. Take advantage of the opportunities, and I know I'll see you in our outdoors. Thanks very much, Nick. Nick Simonson with Our Outdoors, uh, our final segment on today's Super Sports Saturday. And as we wrap up the show, just again, a reminder of what's coming up here on Super Sports or on coming up on our stations here today on ESPN Jamestown coming up here at the bottom of the hour, 1230, University of Jamestown getting ready to take on Midland in college football, one o'clock kickoff, 1230 with the pregame. On AM 1490 KOVC, Valley City State and Dickinson State this afternoon. 2.30 pregame, 3 o'clock kickoff from Shell Lake Field and Lockin Stadium. And on KDAK 1600 on the Cardinal, they've got New Rockford Cheyenne taking on Tri-State in the nine-man football playoffs. And that is a 1.30 kickoff from Castleton. That's going to wrap up today's Super Sports Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be back again next Saturday at 11 o'clock for another edition of Super Sports Saturday. Y'all ready for this?